Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Rebel Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready, Zach Barry of RebelGrove.com, Red Cup Rebellion with us as well. As always, thank goodness, because otherwise there would be a really difficult time putting together a recruiting show. But thanks to Zach, it is not a difficult time. So we'll get to Zach and uh, some recruiting topics in just a minute. First, let me tell you about Dead Soxie. They are excited to celebrate Father's Day and has come to be expected. They want to do it in style. So go to deadsoxy.com, check out the limited edition Father's Day bundles. What's in a bundle, you ask? Okay, well, I can tell you. Each bundle contains a men's dress sock, a kid's crew, and a no-show. The kid's crews, in case you're wondering, typically fit kids who wear shoe sizes 4T to 3. So uh, don't miss this exciting opportunity to celebrate Father's Day in style. Secure one of the limited quantity bundles today. Visit deadsoxy.com. It's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Check out the limited edition Father's Day collection before it is gone. And if you want to get those orders to be no for a fact they're going to be delivered by uh, Father's Day, you need to have them placed by Tuesday, June the 16th, which is five days away. So... Get your order in by the 16th, and uh, it will it will be to its destination guaranteed in time. So be a great Father's Day gift. I've got a lot of uh, Dead Soxy socks. They're fantastic. They're, Zach's got some I know. They, uh, they're great. They, they stay up. They stay cool. They're fashionable. They're awesome. And you can get the, uh, the little white bag that comes uh, that you can order, that you can put them in there, and that way you don't lose socks to the sock monster in the washing machine or the dryer. So it's really cool. So deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can uh, shop that quote around, of course. Or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the service. You'll love the product. And uh, you'll be really happy with your uh, with your purchase. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you, sir? Neil, we're getting a home stretch here, crunch time, in the week before um, heading to the beach. So I've got my checklist of things that I needed to do, and uh, there are some things that are starting to uh, pop up, and the list is starting to uh, accumulate more tasks. So um, not panicking, sticking to the plan, staying on script here, staying on time, Um, you know, not getting too far behind the chains, but we're doing all right. Probably going to cut the grass later. I think right now it is... It is currently 77 degrees here in Nashville, so it is outstanding. The weather here 
and I know this is the absolute calm before the storm. So I got up on Monday morning before the rains came in and I did my run early. I thought I was going to beat the rain and I didn't. And I ran in the rain, which was fantastic. It was so cool and nice and perfect. And um, then yesterday I got up not as early and did my run and it was like 74 degrees and mm. sunny and uh it was spectacular i did i ran for an hour i sent you my infograph and uh it was great and so i think this weekend here is supposed to be sunny with like 81 82 temperatures like that in other words august and september are going to be a booger bear i mean it I have this theory about the weather. It's one that my family's heard so many times and they hate me, so I'll I'll bore you with it. Okay. I think the calendar over the last 10 years-ish has slowly moved back a month. Yeah. That's my theory. Like what used to be uh, June weather happens in July. What used to be July weather happens in August. What used to be August weather happens in September and on and on. We could do the whole calendar if you'd like, but if you now Neil, it sounds like you're referring to something that I believe I've heard in the in the newspapers. Uh, maybe something to do with global warming. Yeah, it could be very well. Could be global warming. I, I mean, there's no okay. there's no arguing global warming. Global warming is happening. Well, well. <laughs> I don't know. But Corners there, of the internet disagree. <laughs> well, that is true. But if you're looking for unanimity on the internet, Zach, let me just tell you, buddy, mm. <laughs> you need to go. When you go to the beach, try to count the grains, grains of sand. Spend spend your vacation doing that. Um, yeah. No, I mean, because it, it's not possible to get that. But this is in addition to or, or, or separate from, however you want to do that, global warming. I think there's been a a, a shift, like, in Oxford, February weather now happens in March. It's why I mm-hmm. think we start the little like back when we used to play little league baseball. We start it too early and end it too early. We start it now in like late March and it's freaking cold. And yeah. then March weather is now in April, so it's still pretty chilly. And then May is perfect because you get the April weather in May. That's my theory. I'm willing to. Uh, to be attacked on it but it seems to be holding up like november here is not as cold as november was when i first moved here january here is not as cold as it was but february is colder than it used to be and march is colder than it used to be like we like the schools talk about doing spring football back when they used to do spring football starting it in like late february early march and i'm like why you're going to be inside the whole time it's cold it's going to be wet and cold mm-hmm. yeah god God bless weather, weather men and women, because that job is just got to be awful because I don't know how you do it. I mean, I know that there are patterns and you can take a look at radars and kind of look at trends and things like that. And you can make an accurate assumption of what you think is going to happen. But I mean, yesterday here, when I were, I went running up at the high school on the track and I mean, it was brutal and it was barely 1030 and it was already just. Humidity, I think, per my Apple Watch was close to 60%, and it wasn't even 11 o'clock. Um, and then today, I mean, it feels like you're in San Diego outside. So, um, hard to predict, but uh, 
Hey, I'll take I'll take a nice day when I can get one. Um, real quick before we before we move on to recruiting, as we are 15 minutes in and we're just talking about God knows what. Um, <laughs> I did use a pressure washer yesterday, Neil, and I've done it plenty times before. But man, when you when you get back on that ho- when you get back on that horse and use a pressure washer, it is as therapeutic as it gets. It is as satisfying a work physical work as one can do. I mean, I did the the back <laughs> patio yesterday, the whole thing. Yeah. We're get we're getting it screened in and so I wanted to clean that off and man, when it was done drying, I went out there this morning to let the dogs out and man, it was just ugh. It looked it was, you know, you you put the hands on the hips and you just you, <laughs> you poked that chest out a little bit. It it, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> I was running in the neighborhood and, and uh, one of my neighbors was pressure washing his, his wood fence and you could see like the part that had not yet been washed yet as opposed to the part that had just yeah. just been washed. <laughs> and it was, uh, I guess I was walking the dogs because I wasn't running. I was walking the dogs, I guess, and I stopped and just kind of watched for a while. It was very, it was yeah. very pleasing. You know what I mean? It was oh, just, yeah. uh, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was if you, I don't know if you've ever done it. Like I, I do some of this, and, and it's, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. Like meditation, if you'll do like ten minutes of meditation, and the music's kind of soothing, and if you just kind of let yourself mm-hmm. go, it's very satisfying. It's very calming. Yeah. which we is do, the point we do, of meditation. We do, we, yeah, we do breath work at the gym. That's important for controlling your breathing during high intensity interval training. And it is like when we first started doing, it, I was like, this is stupid. But then like. You, you like you like see yourself in the middle of a workout, like controlling your heart rate, and you can like feel the different breathing patterns. I was like, oh, okay, like it's it's working. This this guy who programs stuff and is certified to coach us knows what he's doing. Um, now I will say, I was I was using that pressure washer on the outdoor rug to clean that off one last time, and you could see the square in the uh, driveway in the backyard, like the parking pad where I had overlapped a little bit you know gone outside the lines if you will and Anna was like hey do you want to get the pressure washer and do the whole parking pad and I was like nope nope that's that that would take like two days but man I would love to pay someone to do it because you I mean it was like where the rug was covering up the driveway was almost you know dark brown and then where I had touched the driveway with it it was completely white so yeah that should be we, we need to add that beer to the list, Neil. The post pressure washer beer. Oh, I cannot even imagine how satisfying that beer would be. <laughs> That's a good one. I love the post yard work beer in the shower. Post yard yeah. work in the shower beer is just the it might be the very best other than the on the beach no yeah. no one around you beer. That's fantastic. I, I was asking uh, a buddy of mine who works uh, in the beer industry, and folks, I promise we're going to get to recruiting, but last thing, I don't know why they don't sell more, or I guess in larger quantities, and I had asked him, and he said that, that you know he doesn't really know the answer why, or they've kind of moved away from it, but I've always been a fan of the aluminum bottle, because glass, you know, most pools... Yeah. You can't take glass bottles, and I, you know, it's a little safer not to. Um, I feel like the aluminum bottle is so underrated. The beer stays colder much longer, and like 
it it's hard to beat sitting in a 80 degree pool with an aluminum Bud Light or Michelob Ultra and just I mean that that, that right there is just that's undefeated. Well, so now that you say that, I'll, I will admit something. I will keep usually like a six pack of usually it's Coors Light. Um, I'm this is I'm willing I'm willing to be sold here if somebody wants mm-hmm. to uh, wants to advertise on the podcast. I'm willing to switch beers as it pertains to this. I'm not I'm not married to Coors Light uh, or or Bud Light or Miller Light, and I've actually done all of the above. But I'll keep a six pack usually in the fridge this time of year of aluminum bottles for that purpose alone. Yeah. Post yard work, take an aluminum bottle into the shower because you can put the top back on it between between sips and you don't have to worry about getting shower water or whatever into the the beer and therefore spoiling some of the moment. Uh, you can put the top back on it and, and shower freely and the water can splash the top, but it's not getting into the beer. And so you have the best of all worlds. And there's something you're right. There's something about that aluminum bottle. For me, it's it's the post yard work shower that's just fantastic. I love it. I mean, I'll 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 get in there for 20 minutes. I'll get where I get out of the shower and I'm so hot from being in the shower for that long that I have to have another post yard work post shower cool off beer, which is not as good as the first beer, but it's still very good, very tasty. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, A, A, B, InBev, if, if you guys are listening out there, uh, uh, Wa, Maruccio, Giovanni De Castro Neves, if, if you're out there, uh, the CEO uh, of Anheuser-Busch, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. May, maybe maybe send an unboxing of some aluminum bottles to the fellas, or uh, just, hey, just make a 30-pack of aluminum bottles, and I will buy those every other week, because I love them. There you go. All right, here we go. All right, so, <laughs> so well, we only, we're only 13 minutes and 39 seconds in, so there will be people that, there will be okay, people, people, I found that people are calmer with you and me than they were with some of the other shows back in the day when it was, why did y'all waste seven minutes before you got to sports? All right, so uh, <laughs> DeMarco Williams commits to Ole Miss. This was uh, shocking news yesterday. I know that you yeah. were you were completely unprepared for it. Um, I'm kidding. You'd had a story in for a week. Uh, we, we knew this was coming. Uh, you had a story ready. Chad Simmons had a story ready. It was the power of the Rivals.com network. We had double-fisted uh, coverage right away. So DeMarco Williams, cornerback out of Atlanta, commits to Ole Miss. He was a former South Carolina commitment. He has a, a, a bunch of offers. I think he's a three-star rated guy for what that matters at this point. Tell me uh, tell me why this is significant. Well, I, first off, I think it's a, it's a big deal to uh, commit a guy from Westlake High School outside of Atlanta. Uh, they typically churn out a good bit of talent year in, year out. Um, anytime – you can get inside Atlanta in any capacity is a really good sign. And I, I just think that they needed, they, they need some more athleticism in the defensive backfield. Um, <clears throat> it remains to be seen what's going to happen with DeAndre Prince. He announced he was going to, you know, hop into the portal. And then I think from all indications on Twitter, he uh, made it seem like he was coming back. I, I think that that was a huge loss when he announced he was leaving because he made an impact last year as a true freshman. He was very athletic. He was long. He can run. And um, they've 
quickly this this new staff has quickly um, basically adopted that entire model right there with DeMarco Williams and with Kendrick Breedlove. They've got two guys who can really run, and uh, they're 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 not you know six two six three corners, but they're still long, and the frame is there to be able to uh, play bra- play boundary or field. So I think this is a uh, this is an impressive get. The the offer sheet speaks to that. Uh, he had offers from you know all over the place. He had Tennessee, Oregon. Um, you said he was a former South Carolina commit. I mean, these are defensive staffs that have identified talent um, over the last couple years in their respective programs. And uh, look, I know he didn't have the Georgia offer, or the Auburn offer, or all that, but um, there's still plenty of Power Five programs that wanted this guy. And um, Chris Partridge, Terrell Buckley, uh, DJ Durkin, they were able to make him feel like a priority and um, were able to get him in this class without having, you know, an in-person visit. So that that stands, uh, stands to be a good thing in this, uh, or I guess I should say these unprecedented times. How many, how many times have you been told that, Neil? I've heard that, uh, that, that term several times a day, including once from a, uh, a colleague of mine at Rivals.com, uh, just this morning, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. It, it, look, it's, I know there are other programs that are just stacking commitments, but we talked about it last week. This is, that's not what the staff is wanting to do. They're, they're being diligent. They are doing the, the groundwork. They're making sure that not only is this person going to fit in their scheme, but um, you know, is it a joint, you know, I guess you, you know, I wouldn't say unanimous vote to take them. I don't know if the, if that's what the staff is doing, but I think that they're wanting you know, hey, we need we need a couple sets of eyes on this player. Let's make sure that this is what we want um, in this 2021 class. Because, look, this is this is kind of set the clock back a bit. Now, like like we said last week, not an excuse, but it's changed the way they're recruiting. So they're going to be a little picky. All right. So I wanted to get into, and I agree with you what you just said. We had a Zoom call with Lane Kiffin yesterday. And Kiffin said, pulling up the exact quote, he was talking about, I've, I've actually gotten where I, I enjoy press conferences with Kiffin because you get honest answers. At first, you have to get used to the kind of soft voice, kind of almost laid back approach because you're so used to coaches Hi, I'm on brand now. I'm Coach Billy Johnson, and I am on brand now in front of the microphone. Hashtag, yeah. you know, whatever. Drawing out affirmatives and waving pom-poms and yeah. grinning like an idiot. Yeah, just, oh, I tell you, I'm so excited about the way that we got our strength program back. The guys are just already three days in, just <laughs> embracing the grind. Hashtag embrace the grind. Yeah, that that that's over. I like that. It's kind of like much different. You ask a question yeah. and and you kind of get these answers. And he was asked about missing spring, and he was like, you know, if I were at FAU still, what would be his fourth year there? The way the program was established, it'd be fine. You know, wouldn't be a big deal. He goes, I frankly, I wouldn't really be thinking about it that much, which is true. You know, you hear other coaches that are in their eighth year in the program going, oh, it's just we lost the spring, and it is this colossal disaster you know just it's all 
And he's like, yeah, we'd be fine. You know, you had a lot of guys miss the spring anyway every year because that's when you do surgeries and stuff like that. And so, you know, he goes, typically, you know, you have 15, 20 guys out in the spring. So, it's, you know, whatever. And uh, he was talking about the the OTAs in the summer, which I think he had, had hoped would be traditional NFL-styled OTAs, mm-hmm. meaning you could go out and do a full practice, no helmets, no pads, which stops you from being stupid, right? I mean, it stops right, yeah. you. It it, it it makes you – you don't play – because sometimes you'll go to a, a football practice at a – so the way it typically works in fall camp, so you guys know, most of you know this already, the first two practices are just helmets. And the next two practices are helmets and shoulder pads. And then the fifth and sixth practices you can put on full pads. Well – let me break something to you guys. A lot of guys at practice don't even wear all of their lower body pads anyway. Even on a full, no. even on a full pad day. <laughs> I was gonna say they don't even wear them in games anymore. And so, the practices with the shoulder pads are full speed, full contact. And lately, I've noticed that the early practices they'll kind of go with these modified shoulder pads. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like the kicker shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those damn things become full speed. Why? Because guys have headgear on. But if you take the helmets away, well, now you don't want guys bumping heads because someone's going to get concussed, and then they're going to miss two weeks on top of all the other stuff. So that's out. So I think what he was hoping for and what a lot of coaches were hoping for were NFL-style OTAs where you could get work in with the football, mm-hmm. wouldn't be limited by time, but the fact that there'd be no helmets and no shoulder pads would stop it from being ridiculous. And it would allow you to do acclimation and installation and that kind of thing without injuries. Well, the NCAA very clearly is saying, we're not going to do that. And I'm going to side with the NCAA here, and I'll tell you why in a second. The NCAA say, no, what we're going to let you do in July in your OTAs is we're going to let you be down there with the players and stuff when they lift and all of that, and then you can have a one-hour walkthrough. Uh, it's got to be a walkthrough, though, and no pads, no helmet, but we will let you have a football. The NCAA very clearly is trying to send a message to all of these programs going, hey, look, guys, I know that that you all are wired to compete that's what makes you great. That's why you're in the jobs you're in, is that you're competitive sons of bitches who compete 27 hours a day. We are trying to explain to you that the goal this year is to get through the season, to get the season in, to keep these programs, get the money so that we can keep all the other programs as afloat as possible to get right. to the other side of this pandemic. That That is very clearly what the leagues are trying to say to the coaches. And frankly, Zach, they're right. And, right. and and Kiffin gets it. I mean, his his quote, you know, when I asked him, I was the one that asked him towards the end of the Zoom call. I said, so, you know, are you more confident now that you'll have a season? And his, his, uh, he says, I don't know how confident I am. That, that changes kind of weekly to me. I sometimes think, oh, it's going to be fine because our kids are coming back here and starting to work out. And there are other times when I think, how are we going to play if this thing is still going on? And then he point he kind of painted a scenario where a program, any program, was down fifteen players, including eight defensive backs, was what he used, because the coronavirus had infected a DB room and meetings. And he says, now you all 
now you all have no idea who's playing that week or sitting for two weeks until you get more figured out. Now, if a DB gets it, you may have to sit everyone in that DB room for two weeks. How do you play? He's right. And, and those are the questions that are, that are coming up and people are asking and nobody really knows the answer to as, as we get closer to American sports starting. MLS is going to play first and NBA mm-hmm. is going to play. NHL is going to play. I don't know what Major League Baseball is doing. The, the commissioner said last night that they most absolutely 100% will have a season. I don't know what it'll look like, but they'll have a season. So some of these things will be addressed by the time the college football season begins, but they're very clearly trying to prevent a breakout in July that right. that pauses things or a breakout in August that, that, that kills the opener. So anyway, we were talking about recruiting a little bit yesterday on the call. And he said, one of the things that's really been hampered in recruiting is the the issue is the evaluation. He said, you know, we, we can still talk to the kids. We can do Zooms and, and FaceTimes and stuff like that. And, and, and we can talk to the kids. But as you know, this time of the year, this is heavy offer season. But there are, as you well know, there are two kinds of offers. There's the offer that Ole Miss gave uh, – to DeMarco Williams mm-hmm. and there's the offer that Nick Saban gives to 350 kids right and that's like you like what we see like what we hear not all in yet want to get you to camp and a lot of times you'll see this all over the country a kid will go, show up to campus for a camp and at the start of that workout the staff is lukewarm maybe not completely sold he'll knock it out and by the end of that day man they've got mama up in the in the coach's office and they're kissing ass i mean it's whoa we are wow we love you not only is there an offer here is an offer plated in gold or the other side will happen and it happens every year they'll have a kid that comes in they think we like him and they work him out and they quietly talk and they're like no and what they tell the kid is Hey, we like you. Keep working hard. Uh, you know, take your visits. Basically, it's not it's not you. It's us. We're just not ready to commit yet. Which means we're we're gonna punt down the road. And if we end up coming back to you, then we do. But in all likelihood, this is the end of our relationship. We're gonna date someone else now. And that always happens. And this summer, Zach, as you know, that piece of the process has been eliminated. And Lane Kiffin's quote, and I'll stop talking so you can comment, is the issue is the evaluation. The issue is you're taking kids you've never seen. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out, you know, they don't have the camps and stuff. He goes, now we've got none of that. So it's a big guessing game. I said on Wednesday, wait and see how hard it would be if all of a sudden they shut down recruiting in the fall and not let people onto our campus for campus visits. And we're not going to let and we're not going to let you go off campus to go watch games. Now we're going to sign kids that we have never, ever met. You're not going to want to do that in your own business, so it's not real good, end quote. Yeah, I we, we've talked about this offline, and I think we've both mentioned it in some capacity on the board. But I think right now it's – it's a tough time for not only coaches to recruit because of everything that you just said, but 
Kiffin mentioned it. I listened to the Zoom call yesterday, uh, and 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 I'll I'll agree with you a hundred percent. I do appreciate the just absolute brutal honesty. And he said it. I think uh, Nick Suss asked a question, and he was like, "Man, you guys are going to get tired of these honest answers." But I mean, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's not going to he's not going to bullshit. He's going to give it to you straight. But you know, he said like, "We're a brand new staff. Like this is hurting us." Um, but yeah, I think that that's, that's, that's a great point that he made. And, and look, another thing, just to tack onto that, I think a lot of kids right now, if they have a committable offer with the uncertainty of, you know, is the dead period going to go all the way through the fall? Are we going to be able to take official visits? If they have a committable offer and look, I don't blame them one bit. I think a lot of kids are just getting into a recruiting class right now just to have a spot. Because if you have this offer from Baylor in May and you're like, well, you know, I would really prefer that I wait for, you know, I can take an official visit, blah, blah, blah. Well, come October, Baylor's already filled your spot with somebody else. And they filled it with someone who didn't care about taking an official visit and doing an in-person meeting and having a, you know, picture op in the coach's office with Nick Saban with the Cosby sweater on and all that. Like, look, it that's that's what, you know, the joke of unprecedented times and, oh, man, I'd love to get back to precedent at times. But, you know, I would too just because it makes recruiting much more easier for us to track. And because I've always said you, you follow the visits. You follow where kids go visit. And that's going to nine times out of ten tell you where they're they're leaning or where they're going. Um but they can't do that right now. So it, it's hard to gauge on how kids are feeling because a lot of kids either aren't saying anything at all or they don't really know. And so that's I, – I, I appreciate the honesty, and I agree with what, what Lane said with, with that. I mean, it's, it's hard for a first-year staff that doesn't have a product on the field to point to yet. They have no practices to point to. Um I mean, all they really have right now are, you know, some some montages from the weight room to point at. That's really all this staff has been able to do. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're beating the hell out of this dead horse, Neil, on this show. But it, I think people just need to remind themselves and to take a deep breath and just know that, you know, things are going to eventually get back to normal and get better. And until then, recruiting is still going to be just kind of a coin toss at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think if your expectations for this class are still a splashy top 10 class, you're, you're going to be disappointed. I'm just being honest. I don't think that's logistically possible right now. Mm-hmm. It's my opinion that the NCAA is going to be hypersensitive about coronavirus. It's my opinion that you're going to see breakouts on campuses over the course of the next several weeks. I think it's inevitable. When I say campuses, I mean campuses. Is that going to impact the football programs? Good. Maybe not. Good. Kids are going to interact with other kids. In August and September, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that there are going to be weeks where a team is down several players because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Because it's going, to, yeah. it's going to spread through a college campus. And especially if you're testing asymptomatic people. It's going to be one of the most fascinating parts of this. 
are you testing asymptomatic kids? Because yeah. most most kids that age, not football players, kids, most kids that age, eighteen to twenty two, who get that get this are asymptomatic. They never they don't even know it. Um, I won't even name the team. I won't, but I'll just say it's an SEC school, not Ole Miss. Okay, it's okay. a player who tested positive. He had been having some of the best workouts of his career. He was out running on his own um, five, six miles a day, getting ready for the return to camp, uh, looking looking better than he'd ever looked, feeling better than he'd ever felt. He tested positive. He's in two weeks of quarantine at his school. Yeah. Pr- protecting him because I, 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 I know I know the people. Um, it happens. So my point is this is going to, from a recruiting standpoint, this is going to spread into September, October, November. And I am concerned that the NCAA is going to say, Hey, look, let's not take any chances. Let's until the season's over. Let's eliminate on-campus recruiting. Let's not introduce outside entities. Like, I think you might let kids come to games, but I don't think they're going to let them bring them into, at Ole Miss's case, the Manning Center. I don't. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I bet I'm not. And I just – Kiffin seemed to be not hinting at it, but he seemed to be acknowledging the the possibility of that yesterday. And if that's the case – it's just not going to be very possible to recruit at a, at a dynamic level for a first-year staff that hasn't had an opportunity to, to meet these kids. Right. And if the but, kids can't come see the campus, you yeah. got to ask yourself, go back in time, be 17 years old. When you were down to two or three schools, you did visit those schools. The visit was key. These are kids. Will, These, there's a kids. I mean, yeah. like my, my, my daughter, Caroline, and I know, I know she's not the same. I get it. She's not a football player. I think she would have already made her college decision by now. I think what has stopped it is that she wants to go visit. She wants to, she wants to see some things with her own human eyes, not a screen. She wants to see it in 3D. She wants to talk about it with people. And there's a couple of schools that I don't even think she's strongly considering, but I think she wants to see them. And, and so – Asking kids to make decisions on things that are unseen is impossible. Now, I do think in January, when the season's over, I think they might lighten some of that and let you bring kids in because there's nothing to lose at that point with with a, a COVID mm-hmm. breakout if it's still around. But that's from a recruiting standpoint, that's a concern right now. Now, I will say this just to kind of uh, – not to combat what you're saying, but just add another – layer to it now let's say the NCAA comes out dead period through the season through November now after final games bowl games whatever December wide open Um, I do think you're going to see a seismic shift in this staff's strategy and their the way they're going about recruiting. Because I think right now, like I said at the top of the show, they're being patient. They're not going to push. They're going to wait because they hopefully want to have these guys come in and sit down with them and meet them in person. But if they can't do that, I think that the staff 
will eventually start flipping the script and saying, all right, look, here's the deal. If you want to commit, if you know, we've seen your film, we've talked to you enough on Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, whatever, we like you. I think you're going to see that. You're going to see more more commitments coming through, not just Ole Miss, but just everywhere where, like I said, kids are going to want to, they're going to want to, you know, solidify a spot in a class. And Hey, if you can't take an official visit, it's rubber's going to meet the road at some point where, yeah, you would prefer to see a place in person, but you're just going to have to get on Twitter and look at these virtual tours that, that people are doing. You're going to have to get on Google earth, Google maps, whatever, look at some street views and see if you like it. Because, um, if the NCAA starts coming in and policing and look, Hey, dead periods. Yeah. We're not changing. We're not, we're not flinching on that. Sorry. Like you're going to have to make an adjustment. That's when I think that this Ole Miss staff is, is, you know, Hey, we can't, we can't operate the way we want. We're going to have to make an adjustment. We're going to have to get some players in here. So, um, that's where I think that you could potentially see, uh, a change. I will say this now that you mentioned that to the NCAA's credit, they have been very amenable to flexibility uh, as it pertains to this, uh, you know, in comparison to how they've been in the past, where they've been very rigid with with schedules mm-hmm. and rules. They they have they have shown that they're they're far more willing to let the the rules be permeable, which is odd to see the NCAA. Yeah, but it shows you that there there is at least some, at least some degree of self awareness here. There is a god. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know that it will last long term, but but they seem they seem willing yeah. to take that on real quick. Let, let me take a, a quick break. Tell you about LB's Meat Market. I know that uh, Zach is a fan of LB's. I am too. Greg Jones, the people at LB's, been friends of of this show for for a while. Friends of our network for a long time. Two thousand eight University Avenue, right across from Kroger in Oxford. They got all the freshest cuts. If you're coming into Oxford, if you are uh, heading out of Oxford, you ought to grab some. And certainly if you're around here, man, this needs to be a, a regular staple for you. I had someone ask me the other day on Twitter, like, hey, I'm going to LB's. What do you recommend? And I gave a long list. And it was like, because that's what I recommend. Everything there is great. The bone-in ribeyes, the fillets, um, the uh, – Pork chops, get the double cut, two bone pork chop. If you like pork chops, fantastic. Uh, chicken, sausages, uh, fresh fish from the Gulf. It's all there at LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue. You can call Greg, 662-259-2999. You can have everything all ready to go if you just want to get in and out and kind of limit your exposure to human beings. It's okay. Nope, I'm not judging. Uh, but if you want to go in and, and browse, you can do that as well. And uh, you'll love everything that you see there at LB's Meat Market. Again, 662-259-2999. Um, I, I, think, I think what's obvious is, and I've said this for a while, it's beat and drum. I, just, I think this class is going to be now one that's about just bringing in quality players. I had a, I had a mailbag question. Tell me if you, if you think I answered it correctly. Okay. The question was, Neil, can you name one person on both sides of the ball that Lane Kiffin wants the most? And at first I thought, yeah, maybe I better like ask around. Is there one guy on both sides of the ball that they just absolutely covet? And, and I thought, no, I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is they just need dudes. Mm-hmm. They just need players. They need guys who can make plays on offense, on defense, on both lines of scrimmage, skill positions, 
this is a, a class that they just need dudes. There's no Arch Manning or something where there's one guy that's his his presence or absence is going to be how the class is judged. I, th- I think this is an overall deal. They just need to bring in guys, um, and that's what they're trying to do. Is it, You think that's a fair answer? I think so. I think you can look at who they've committed so far um, with all due respect to Jack Tannehill, but now we'll say you need a dude to kick the football, but just talking about actual playmakers and not a, you know, a kicker per se. Um, you know, I, I, I know people scoff and make jokes about, Oh, another receiver, blah, blah, blah. But look, Braylon Brown um, made a huge jump to a 5.94 star. Uh, he has a ton of offers and he's from Florida. Ole Miss was able to get him. The next two highest-rated guys in the commit list, they have six right now. They're both from Nashville, and they both had Tennessee offers. That's huge. Tennessee is recruiting, like, unlike anybody else right now outside of Ohio State and Clemson. And they're pretty much getting anybody they want. And Ole Miss was able to get them. A brand-new staff, no on-field product, COVID-19, and they got them. So I think that, look, maybe they take another receiver. Maybe they take another DB, even though they have two of each of those, but they just want dudes. Like you said, they want guys that can make plays. They can impact um, on the field early. They can get them in. They can run them through some strength and conditioning in the off season. And they're ready to contribute that first year. Um, I think that that's huge. DeMarco Williams, same thing. 5'11", 185, looks the part. Uh, if you saw his commitment video, um, I mean, the dude is, is, is built like a power five college football player right now. Um, so they're Micah Pettis, same thing. I, you know, I don't, I, I, I didn't know you in high school, Neil, but, uh, I think I can safely say that you weren't six, seven, three twenty going into your senior year. Uh, yeah, um, I was, I was, I was six, seven, three twenty. <laughs> so that those aren't walking around, you know, everywhere. So Micah Pettis, a big dude that they think Randy Clements can get him in and get him ready to to start playing at the Power 5 level um, immediately. I mean, Wilson Love, you know, that's the thing that, that you said earlier where, you know, ne- or, uh, Lane's not having to talk all about strength and conditioning and, oh, man, everybody's just bigger, stronger, faster. No, Wilson Love does plenty of that. And, you know, they trust him and the rest of that strength and conditioning staff to get these guys in and to uh, get them acclimated early and uh, get them on the field. So I think that that's, I think that's hundred percent correct. What you said, I think that they're not going to discriminate by position. They're just looking for guys that want to be a part of this class, want to be a part of, you know, making a, a, a change in the program and are looking to put Ole Miss back on the map and to um, get them back to where, you know, Lane talks about all the time. You know, I, you know, he saw, that 2014 game against Alabama. He saw what Ole Miss can be. And um, I think that's all they're concerned with right now is just finding guys that, that want to be a part of, of changing things to uh, get back to that 2014 type vibe. Uh, you're going to be at the beach next week. So we, we won't have a soft verbal next week because you're going to be uh, getting a tan and counting beach sands and stuff like that. Is there anything that the people should be looking out for? Do you, are there any? I know you you were aware of of Demarco's uh, imminent commitment. Is there are there any couple of guys that you have your your radar on right now? 
Uh, I've got some feelers out uh, on a couple prospects that uh, I think Ole Miss is maybe trying to uh, get in on. I'll I'll be in touch, obviously on the board when I when I get word. Uh, talk to some some rivals, national analysts, and I'll uh, once I get anything from them, I'll put it on the board. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk. I, I put a couple chicks up uh, last night and this morning about Donovan McCulley. The quarterback out of Indiana, um, Purdue, uh, committed a quarterback last night, and I—I was—I thought that Purdue was was the preferred school for Donovan. Um, I know that he's a big uh, fan of their academics. I think he wants to be some kind of engineer, and um, Purdue committed a quarterback. Uh, I know Missouri has kind of cooled on him. They were in his top five. Uh, Missouri committed a quarterback back in March, so I think that they're kind of backing off a little bit just because they already have a quarterback. So I think it's Indiana versus Ole Miss right now. And if you made me guess, I would say that the Hoosiers have a lead. Um, and like we've talked about on this show and last week and the week before, Tom Allen and his staff, they've met with Donovan in person. He's been to Bloomington. It's, I believe, close to an hour, um, maybe a little over from his hometown. So he's... He's familiar. He hasn't had a chance to to get down and, and meet Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy and go to, you know, visit Oxford. So I'd give Indiana the edge right now. But yeah, I mean, there's some there's some names out there that I've talked about. Uh, you know, Maurice Freeman. Uh, you've got, um, you know, Antonio Harmon is still out there. I still think Ole Miss has uh, got a steady, uh, steady grip, um, I guess you could say, on, on their Recruitments right now, uh, Tysheem Johnson, the uh, DB out of Philly. Um, I know that they really, really like him, and I think that uh, they're still still poised to to sign him. Uh, Chris Partridge has done a phenomenal job uh, with his recruitment, and um, I think that those are some names to know. Uh, there is a, another potential target at quarterback. I'm trying to see if I can figure out something there. But um, yeah, I'll I'll still have my computer with me. Uh, I, I told I told Neil before we started that I'll probably dedicate an hour or so in the morning to check on things, and then uh, I will close that laptop and and put it away for the rest of the day. But uh, I won't be completely off the uh, off the radar. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, although if you change your mind and decide to get completely off the radar, you have my unwavering support. I I want you to want you to have a vacation. So. Uh, enjoy your time. Have a safe trip to the beach and uh, use your sunscreen and all of that stuff. And Have a good yeah. time. I'll be driving all the way down the state of Alabama, so if there's anybody that you need me to stop and tell them that you said, hey, just let me know and I'll try oh. to do my best. Well, just every once in a while, roll your window down and say, Mama! Mama! Okay. And they'll come running. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. For Zach Barry. I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Sox. You don't forget, get those orders in by June 16th to make sure that you get your gift to your loved one in time for Father's Day. Until uh, next time, a couple weeks from now, when we get together again, stay safe, take care, talk to you soon.